Here's what to expect today. But in the entrepreneurial world, there there is, of course, this huge element, like the, the bro-y, like, do it more, you know, Ooh. post every day, like, you know, hard driving, the hustler wins the fight. I mean, there is that mm-hmm. presence and it, and it's a pretty loud presence, but I feel that we, because especially as small business owners, like without, you know, we, we just, we have the decision to do it differently. The adventure of entrepreneurship and building a life and business you love, preferably at the same time is not for the faint of heart. That's why Heather Pierce Campbell is bringing you a dose of guts, grit, and great business stories that will inspire and motivate you to create what you want in your business and life. Welcome to the Guts, Grit, and Great Business Podcast, where endurance is required. Now here's your host, the legal website warrior, Heather Pierce Campbell. Okay, welcome. I am Heather Pierce Campbell, the legal website warrior. I'm an attorney and legal coach based here in Seattle, Washington and serving entrepreneurs, online entrepreneurs around the world. Welcome to another episode of Guts, Grit and Great Business. I'm super excited about our conversation today. I have with me a friend I we met. How did we meet initially? I believe through Awarepreneurs. Through Paul Zelizer. Yes. So Mm -hmm. Paul, who is one of my favorite people, introduced me to Julie Wolk. So Julie, welcome. I'm so happy to have you. I'm really happy to be here. Oh, it's going to be so fun. The, the, this conversation is so timely. And for folks that don't know Julie, so Julie helps hardworking women coaches, consultants, and healers transform a business that drains them to a business that sustains them. In fact, she's a firm believer that if we step off the obsessive productivity hamster wheel and tune into nature's rhythms, we can grow more sustainable lives, businesses, and even a better world. She helps her clients slow down, get super aligned, and create better boundaries and solid systems so they can find more time, energy, and money in their business. A lifelong nature freak, she has 20 years of experience turning vision into reality, plus a chronic illness, a toddler, and a six-figure business despite a pandemic. So she's a total expert in streamlining, strategizing, and finding the simplest pathway forward. Julie facilitates the Nourished Entrepreneur Mastermind and Quarterly Replenish Retreats, providing coaching online and in nature to women across the country. Julie lives in California. She was also the co-founder and co-director of Wilderness Torah and was a grassroots organizing manager for Rainforest Action Network. Julie, you've got some awesome things in your past and a lot of experiences. I'm so excited to dig in with you today. Thanks. Yeah. So talk to me. I I love, first of all, that your work has a connection to nature. And I'll start off by saying that one of the things that I've done this last week, just as a way to try to slow down the madness that has been life during COVID with two little people at home, is I take my morning coffee or tea or whatever outside and I just put my feet on the ground for like Mm -hmm. as long as I can handle it. Like it's bare Mm -hmm. feet, it's cold, it's winter here in Seattle. And yet I have found it to be 
so rejuvenating. I don't want to come back inside. Like even if it's raining, I find a spot under the tree that kind of blocks me from the rain. And I look up at the sky to try to get at least, you know, and Mm -hmm. some tiny amount of vitamin D. But even that small thing has been such a joyful part of my day. So I love your topic. I love that you're bringing nature into your work and into the lives of so many other people. So talk to me how, like, take us back, whatever you want our audience to know about your background and how you live in this combination of business and nature. Thank you. And thank you for sharing that with us too. I mean, it's like the simplest little things, right? It doesn't take (laughs) (laughs) one second. I know here's the kiddo already. Look at this. I'm just going to hit pause. (laughs) Okay. We're back. So I had asked you obviously about this beautiful combination of business and nature. How did you get started combining those things? Well, I actually wanted to just to comment on your sharing just now because I I just wanted to, you know, honor how powerful it is to even mm-hmm. just have those few moments and that little just that that feet on the earth. Like what a beautiful way to start your day, so grounding to soak up energy from the earth and it's like it doesn't mm-hmm. take much to do that and it's a really really grounding practice. So I feel like you've already given us like just like a little piece of you know, how, how to integrate more nature into one's life Mm -hmm. and and how that can really support us. You know, you mentioned, I I usually do live in California right now. I'm in Bend, Oregon. Oh, did I know that? I'm sorry about that. Oh no, no, no. It's not like we didn't actually move here. We we came here to visit my mother-in-law after the fire started and we just haven't left. We have a lot. We like it here. So, but it's cold. And I've been in this practice of how can I, you know, being a California, well, I, originally I was a Michigan person. So at one point I could maybe handle the cold, but after 15 years in California, not so much. So mm-hmm. I've been in this practice of, well, how can I embrace the cold and what is it about the cold that I can fall in love with. And I spent a couple hours outside yesterday hiking in, you know, 35 degree weather. And I was able to find beauty in that hundred percent. And I was, I was really pleasantly surprised. I mean, the cold weather people are probably like, of course. Well, it was so funny, this, this concept of cold, because being in Seattle and I have a good friend who's down in Austin, Texas, and she laughed, she messaged through Marco Polo the other day and she said, Heather, it's like, 50 degrees and people around here are putting on winter hats and gloves and <laughs> you know, like they're dying. They're so cold. And I took my kids on a walk and I was talking to my sister and my sister's like, what are you doing? And I said, oh my gosh, it feels like summer. We're literally in t-shirts. The sun is out. I had taken like everything off so that my arms were out. I, it just felt amazing. And she goes, well, you know, how warm is it? And I looked on my phone. I literally thought it was going to be upper 60s or maybe even 70. Yeah. So I looked at my phone, 52 degrees. And it it literally felt so yeah. balmy, like it's all yeah. relative. But yeah. there really is like, there's something to be said for being able to find joy in that cold air because it is invigorating. Like even yeah. my bare feet on that cold ground, I have to say that after a few minutes, it doesn't feel cold anymore. And I just want to stay out there and I don't come inside feeling cold. That's the weird Mm -hmm. thing is it doesn't Mm -hmm. chill me. So there's something really, really nice about it. Yeah. Yeah. And it sets you up for a a good day, I imagine. Right. Is it? Yeah. Well, it's just that. And I think any time you can incorporate, first of all, some outside air and any, you know, something like that into your morning. For me, I've really been missing the light because our days are ending so early. Mm -hmm. 
like it's dark here. Like right now it's pretty dark outside and it's 445. And right. so you just yeah. lose that window of time to be spending evening hours outside. And I've really been missing that. And so, so even five minutes a day, I just yeah. find incredibly rejuvenating. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. So you are in Bend, Oregon for now. For now Talk to, yeah. yeah. Talk to me. So you're normally in California. You work with people around the world. How did you get started in the coaching space, coaching entrepreneurs? That's a long story. I'll give you the short version. So, I mean, the way, actually, I'll share how I kind of ended up in this combination of business coaching and nature. And I think that, you know, the, the nature loving part started a long time ago, right? And then in college, I, you know, studied ecology and went on to become a environmental activist and organizer and did a lot of kind of, I, I lived in DC and worked for activist organizations there. And so that was like mm -hmm. the first number of years of my career, I was doing like fighting for environmental justice and environmental rights and environmental, like, you know, stopping pollution. I worked you know, stopping toxic waste sites, getting, getting cleaned up, things like that. So that was kind of for a number of years, I was in that world. It's also where I learned a lot about organizing and event planning and public relations and all that kind of stuff. So the, the skills and the marketing and all that kind of started a long time ago. But there was this point where I got to be like so tired of fighting against a system mm. and stopping bad things from happening. And I know how important that work is. And I'm so grateful that there are people doing that work. But I got to a point myself where I was like, I have to do something more generative. I have to, I want to help create an alternative paradigm as opposed to like fighting against this one that is, especially at that point in time, it was like the Bush years and felt yeah. like we were beating our heads against the wall. I mean, that's nothing compared to what's happened the last four years. But right. um, at that time, it was really bad. Yes. <laughs> right. And so I ended up, I was left D.C., and I moved out west to California and continued doing environmental work. That's when I was with the Rainforest Action Network. And then there was there was this point where I shifted and got in. It was something was birthed with a few, a group of friends, and it was a nonprofit organization to help people reconnect to the earth. Mm -hmm. And it was this in the spirit of like creating something for people to do to do it differently, to find mm -hmm. again that connection to the earth. And so. That work, I'm still involved with that organization and really learned a lot about business doing that mm -hmm. um, and creating something going from a vision to something that exists in the world and serves people and has a mission and is accomplishing things and doing things. And so that work was really purposeful for me for many, many years. And I got to a point where I was working so freaking hard. Mm -hmm doing that work as a nonprofit executive director. I was co-directing it with my friend who I had founded it with. And I was working so hard and kind of getting sort of off my purpose in terms of the work that I was doing every day. And after about seven years of that, it became really clear that I, I was just totally burnt out and I needed to stop. And um, it's sad because it was, it was a really good work. Right. Mm -hmm. And, but the way that I was doing the work was not sustainable at all. And, you know, I'm not alone in that. Right. And we, I can, I can talk a lot about the societal pressure and the way our society is constructed that encourages this kind of obsession with 
producing all the time. Mm -hmm. And, but I, you know, there was a point where I just, I had to let it go. And it was, it's like ironic, right? Because the whole organization was about connecting people to the earth and connecting people in community. And I was just like up in the middle of the night worrying about, you know, spreadsheets and whether or not we were going to raise enough money to like cover all the paying everybody. And so at that point, it was very clear. I had to stop. I was privileged enough to be able to take a break, Mm -hmm. to take a few months off and had, you know, this kind of huge epiphany that almost sounds like the duh, but I think the most profound things are kind of duh, right? It was like, oh, wait, I don't have to do it like this. I don't have to work myself into the ground in order to be on purpose and do good work in the world. And so the, you know, the, the coaching piece came in at that point where it was like, I love to help people manifest their visions in the world. I love to help people create, help them to create the vision and then like actually help them get through the steps to make the thing come alive and be in the world. And I was, but I had to do it in a different way than I had in the past. And so that's after spending a lot of time in nature, probably more time than I'd ever spent consistently in nature. It was like, oh yeah, it's nature's rhythm. There is a way that we can sync up to this better and Mm. to buck this insane system that we're under. It's not easy. I mean, it's hardly like I'm perfect at it. Right. But that's where this, this idea for a business that brings together a purposeful business with, uh, with actually managing it, running it, doing it in a more sustainable way that's connected to the, to the earth's rhythms. Mm. Well, and I love, I mean, I think it's such a unique twist because it's one thing to be able to appreciate nature, right? Like one of my favorite things outside of working and being a mom is finding adventures in nature with my family, with my kiddos, even something as simple as taking them on walks and looking at the leaves and people's gardens, like whatever we can accomplish close to home. And yet taking it to like a step further of like, what can nature teach us about being in business? I feel like that's a really, really special twist. So I'm excited to get into that more because I know you have a whole system like the seven biggest leaks of time, energy and money or whatever. So I'm super excited about that. And I am still wanting to revisit this concept about sometimes we have to do something like into the ground until we have our ahas or our moments of like, oh my gosh, here's how you like, we have to do it differently or here's how we can do it better. Cause I think unfortunately it does often take people getting to that really hard spot of literally forcing a decision of, am I going to keep going? And if I am, I can't do it this way. And like, why is that? Is it You know, I'd just be really curious your personal insights, whether it's from your own journey, whether it's from working with all the people that you've coached, like why it takes things getting so hard before sometimes we realize, like, I guess with total certainty that something has to change. Right. Like what? Yeah. I'll speak from my experience, but I tend to work with people who are, you know, similar. And so maybe, Mm -hmm. and I know that you're also kind of a hardworking overachieving type like I am. And so maybe you, you can tell me too, if this, mm-hmm. if this resonates for you, but I find that with, in particular with people who the, like our MO is to work hard, hit the goals, make it happen and, and do it right and do it really well, that there's a part of me that doesn't want to give up. There's a part of me that wants to succeed. And I know for some people, it's also, you know, how does this look, right? I get, I run into that too. There's an ego piece associated, you know, did I accomplish the goal? 
But a lot of it is just this patterning that we have where we just like continue that in, instead of like thinking about, wait, is that, does the goal still make sense? Is this supporting me? Is this still aligned with, with what I even want to be doing with my life? And then being able to take a step back that our tendency is to just like kind of keep on pushing through until we make the thing happen. Mm-hmm. And this is something that I've learned over time is there's definitely a personal pressure that we put on ourselves. Absolutely. But that personal pressure comes from living in, in a society that values hard work and productivity over humanity and connection. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that is actually rooted in white supremacy as well. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, there's been a lot written lately. I mean, there's an article by Kenneth Jones and Tema Oaken about the 15 kind of hallmarks of white supremacy in organizations and businesses. And one of them is urgency. One of them is Mm. perfectionism, right? And one of them is this idea that more is better, essentially that producing more is the, is the goal. Right. And we, so this is so deeply ingrained in our society. And then we, I grew up in a, like a smaller society where I grew up, it's very important to do well in school and all this, right upper middle class upbringing. And so there's all these ways that we're, it's just so ingrained to, to do this hardworking thing. And so I, people get to this point of burnout and then it's like too late and you have to stop and you have this big epiphany. And what I would, what I would love to do is to like catch people before that happens. Right. And I feel like that's my mission. now. It's like, you don't have to get all the way to that point. So what I want to do is reach people who are the type, right. You're the type that works hard. You can feel this isn't probably not so great. And like, maybe, maybe there's another way, right. Mm -hmm. Maybe what you're doing isn't so aligned with what actually you want to create in the world and how we can even change the world because we're not going to change things if we just keep like pushing hard and driving like that's not yes. going to change the world that's not going to change how we do business you know this is the same pattern that destroys the environment right mm-hmm. this hard work this overconsumption this do more have more be more mm-hmm. it's also contributing to the like buying more and destroying more i mean it's all the same energy so if we want to shift how the world works we have to unplug from it ourselves and it's not easy like I said but we have to become aware so that we can start to unplug from it Mm. well I love the beautiful overlays of these other concepts that I hadn't even thought about like how they inform our approach to work you know like this the relationship to white supremacy or you know and definitely like I understand my own upbringing and the whole you know probably a lot of the same programming you got about school being important and good grades and all of that stuff I feel like the the trick in business and I think you know because nobody starts off like knowing everything that they have to do to have a successful business and so it's this long process of kind of layering on, right? You layer on this teaching point, you layer on this teaching point, you layer on this other thing you have to do to help run your business. You, And it's it like you do that for so long and I think you reach a point where you then have to go through this unlayering process, right? Because you have to shed what is not yours. You have to remove the layers that are not actually a fit for your business. You put them on there because somebody told you to, or you thought that you needed to learn that particular thing or, right. And so I feel like there's kind of this evolution that I see a lot of people go through where there's some point where you really take ownership of what you're creating. And sometimes Mm -hmm. you're doing that in the midst of a breaking point, right. Of like, okay, 
Like I'm so far down this path that is not working because it's, it's this process, like you said, of pushing too hard. It's the pushing energy versus the, you know, the creation energy or even the receiving energy of like being open to what shows up. And, and there's something as hard as that is, there's also something really magical about reaching that point and reaching that space and turning what you've built so far into something that has a lot more intention and thought behind it. Right. So it's like a little bit of a challenge to like, want to prevent people from reaching that point because you want them to make the decision with so much clarity about what path they are choosing that there's Mm -hmm. no more questioning themselves about it. Right. Does that make sense? Totally. Yeah. And I mean, I think without any friction, right, people aren't going to make change in their lives. I guess I'm like, let's just do it before the point where you literally have to like quit your business. Well, right. Um, Exactly. Where you just walk away and. Right. And then people, people do that. I mean, it happens all the time, right? Like we know, I don't remember the statistics, but like so crazy percentage of businesses fail after the first year or so. It's just like, it's too much. Well, and even those statistics aside, looking at current statistics, right? Like Mm -hmm. 1 million women in the workforce walked away from their work in the month of September alone. Right. So, I mean, you know, even other statistics aside, right. It's too much. So I think the conversation is so necessary. Right. And something you said really triggered a thought in me, which is that the So when you learn all these things, this business coach says this, and this marketing person says this, and all this, I should do this and this. And then there's like the shiny, that looks good. Maybe I'll try that. And you, and right. You're like, you layer all the things on, all the things on. And I found that that sped up, like everything has kind of amplified during the pandemic and all this crazy year that even more, there was just more like, you got to do this. And if you want to save your business, you got to do this, pivot, 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 right? Like all this, even more incoming, right? And so people are like layering all this stuff on. And, and what's happening is that we, it's too cluttered up and we're, we stop listening to ourselves. And so this is where nature comes in right? This is the thing is that when you have, you've gained some insight, you've learned some things, you've got 20 different people telling you what to do. I'm not saying throw it all away. I'm not saying throw the baby out with the bathwater. There's plenty of great marketing strategies out there. We don't want to just be like, oh, I'm not doing that because somebody told me it would work. Mm -hmm. It's more like, okay, so you've got some ideas. You've been doing things for a while in your business. You know, what's working, what's not working you have to take that pause. You have to take that step back to listen to yourself about what to do next in your business, right? It's like, what do you do when no, and when nobody really knows the answer and certainly nobody knows the answer for you. Mm -hmm. Right. And I, again, I don't mean throw the baby out with the bathwater, but I mean like take your information in and then take that step back Mm -hmm. and really feel into your own intuition about what the right next move is is this marketing strategy feel right to me? Can I change it in some way or make it feel like my own? Is this, what should I be focusing on right now? And so the reason I take people on retreats and take them out into nature or send them out into nature, depending Mm -hmm. if we're virtual or in person, right? The the reason I do that is because it's all all of a sudden you can hear the answers that you cannot hear when you were in the busy productivity obsessed society that tells you to keep adding more and more and more, more marketing strategies, more offers, more this, more everything, right? It's like a time to be like, okay, what am I going to let go of? And then what am I going to actually focus on that feels right to me? That feels Mm. aligned to me? What, so then that's, 
to me, that brings it full circle back to like, why nature, you know? Yes. Well, and I love the way that you worded that just then. And I don't know exactly how you said it, but this, this basically the relationship of nature being the mechanism where you create the space, right? You create the, the time for them to slow down and take that pause and listen. And I think that is crucial and it's really challenging to achieve in most mm-hmm. modern day lives. And so, yeah, it's just a beautiful combination of being able to associate that pause and that reflectivity or that ability to reflect with nature and a ritual or just taking that time. And right. I'm sure, especially as you go along coaching your regular clients, that that's somehow regularly incorporated, if I were to guess. Yes. And often people, whenever, you know, we're on a retreat and people go out into nature for a couple hours, almost everyone comes back with some kind of commitment to do that more often. Right. You know, it doesn't have to be that complicated. Like you already said in the beginning of our call, like the five minutes you take in the morning with your tea and putting your feet on the earth. Right. So, and I'm also, I'm like the last person to do something every day. Like, I don't (laughs) think I've ever done a practice every day. I'm just not that person. And so I also, and especially during these times, like we just, we can't put pressure on ourselves. Like I'm going to go and spend 30 minutes sitting quietly in nature every single day, whatever. If you can't do that, I I don't do that. Like I can't do that right now. I also have a toddler and all that business. Right. Right. But you do what you can to take that space. And part of the reason again, that I, that I do retreats is because it requires people like you put the money down, right. You're going to, you're going (laughs) to do it now, but people don't take, it's for that taking the step back and committing to it saying like, Oh, I am going to take these three days to like step back and listen and slow down and strategize and Mm -hmm. streamline and let some things go and do business smarter so that I can, save time in the long run. Because again, when we're doing this, when we're sped up and doing it quickly, mm-hmm. you know, in, in the day to day of our business, that we're not thinking about these bigger picture ways that we can actually be more aligned and more strategic in how we do our work. Yeah. Well, and I think the power anytime like you do with your clients, like other business coaches do, where you create space for people to transform either an aspect of themselves, an aspect of their business, even the way that they think about something in their life or their business. Like for me, I recently led a group through this little program that I launched. It's called the Leap Lab. And it was a morning practice that we all did at 6 a.m. together for two weeks. Knowing, I knew full well, the likelihood of people continuing that on their own was probably not that high, right? They paid money, they showed up every day for the two weeks. And so that was awesome. But what I was hoping is that they would take one or two things away from that morning mm-hmm. ritual that we did together that they could do on the fly anytime they thought about it, right? And even making those small shifts, I think, and probably like you teach your clients, even those small shifts of being able to reflect and be quiet and pause for ourselves can have huge results. So talk with us a little bit about how your work has evolved. I know you work with people around the world. Obviously, right now, I'm sure... It's largely, if not exclusively, online and through the interwebs. Who are your clients? What kind of work are they doing in the world? My clients are generally identified coaches and consultants and healers and other service-based business owners. So anybody, mm-hmm. if you're selling products, you're, I don't know that much. I mean, you could you could probably learn a lot from Widgets. this episode, but you're, yeah. it's yeah, not not my specialty. So, but it's it and it's these this kind of hard worker set, right? So mm-hmm. generally, I'm working with people who I need to tell them you need to take a break, not the people who are kind of swimming in indecision. That's um, another kind of shift. 
not the one that I am best suited to helping people with, probably from my, you know, because of my own experience, but they're doing incredible work. A lot of my clients are doing, are also doing work to help people reconnect to the earth, whether it's through like food and nutrition, or whether it's actually taking people outside or whether it's Mm. running a nature school or doing some kind of like earth-based healing practice. Not everybody, but I do tend to, and I work, I've worked with landscapers. I tend to work with people who, who definitely connect to the earth who desire to have a deeper connection to the earth and want to swim in a community of people who also have values like that. Yeah, no, I love that. You know, there really is, the funny thing is like, you're speaking my language with the hard work and the push, 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 right? I ended up in law and I remember early in my career in the legal field of like asking that question, it's a little bit like what comes first, the chicken or the egg? Does this field, does this industry just attract a lot of kind of hard pushing type A behaviors? And I think the answer is yes. And then it layers on, right? It compounds the problem. (laughs) And I think there are plenty of other industries that do that, right? And especially when you have top achievers and people who are goal oriented, I think it's really easy to end up a ways down that road. Talk to me about where your clients are at so that for people listening, right? And again, we're talking about not pushing ourselves to the point of exhaustion or, you know, the place in the road where we throw in the towel or we give up. But what are they experiencing right now or in, you know, on their path when they intersect with you that makes them go, oh, yeah, I really need to talk to Julie or I need somebody like Julie. What is their experience inside their business? Right. Yeah, that's a great question. And I have a couple of stories I can share. And I do want to say, because as entrepreneurs, I do feel that we have more flexibility and freedom to do business how we want to. Whereas mm-hmm. in if you're working at the law firm or yes. if you're working at the nonprofit, right, there's a whole nonprofit culture. There's a whole yes. elite law firm culture. And I'm not saying that can't be changed and that you know, it needs to be changed. But in the entrepreneurial world, there there is, of course, this huge element, like the the bro-y, like, do it more, you know, <laughs> post every day, like, you know, hard driving, the hustler wins the fight. I mean, there is that mm-hmm. presence. And, it, and it's a pretty loud presence. But I feel that we, because especially as small business owners, like without, you know, we, we just, we have the decision to do it differently, right? It's easier yes. for us to unplug and say, yeah, we're going to do this differently. For example, I have a, a longtime client who, is actually on her second business now. But the, when we first started, she was um, an event planner and really had grown a business very quickly, Was had actually gotten to six figures in revenue and was booking clients and, you know, doing great work. And she all at the same time, like she was working so hard mm-hmm. with zero help. She wasn't taking home nearly enough of that money because she wasn't charging enough. She was overgiving, undercharging and overgiving. Yes. She had a hard time. I mean, she was doing every logistic for everything. And, you know, the on the awesome side is like quick growing business. She had a lot of good word of mouth marketing. Like it was amazing. It was great, right? And this woman is like, again, high achieving, hardworking, super bright, super amazing woman. And she needs help, like slowing down just the same as you do. And I do, right. Like someone to say like, Hey, let, let's take a step back and look at how you're doing your business and let's make it easier because I tend to work with people who are like just working too hard for their money. You know, mm-hmm. that song, that 80 song always gets in my head when I say that. And now it's probably in your head too, listener. So good. It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> 
So yeah, but it's, that's the thing. It's like, it's their clients, there's money, but you're just working too hard for it. Right. And so when, when this woman came to me, it was like, okay, there was, it was just a flurry. Everything was just moving super quickly and it was exciting and it was exhausting. And one of the big, like big shifts that she had was just being on a retreat and like having the experience of slowing down and being like, Oh, I can take a step back from this. Mm-hmm. And I can, this is my business. I get to do it how I want to actually, <laughs> right? Having that realization, it just doesn't, you don't have to just go on autopilot. You can be really intentional about how you create and craft your business. So she, you know, we, I helped her figure out what are the roles that she needed to give away and how to find that person. And what are the rates that are actually going to serve her and her clients? And, you know, what are the systems that she needs to create so that she's not reinventing the wheel every time mm. and all these different pieces and how does she focus who she's working with so that, because she also had this problem of like clients who were too, you know, who were just kind of wanted too much. They were the kind of high need, high, yep. high uh, maintenance kind of clients. And so like getting really clear on who are the people and who aren't the people and whose values are aligned with you and whose aren't. And I remember she fired a couple clients. She's like, this isn't working for me. Right. She tightened up. She started giving herself, I mean, events you're working on the weekends. Right. And so oftentimes, so she started, okay, well, Monday and Tuesday, then has to be the weekend, right. Just starting to implement those things where she hadn't before and just really shifting both the structure of her business, but also that mindset, because so much of this is mindset too. Like we Mm. haven't even gotten to that part, right. This whole thing of having kind of poor or leaky boundaries, as I call them in your business, a lot of it, you know, when you overgive and undercharge and see clients when you actually don't want to be because you want to be with your family or outside or whatever, it's not just a matter of putting something on your schedule. It's also a matter of of these kind of underlying shifts that we have to make in terms of how we think about ourselves, how we value ourselves and our time, you know, whether we think we're worthy of people paying us X amount, you know, all these different pieces that, that kind of underlie these different beliefs that underlie the behaviors that we do that end up hurting us. So there's this whole other layer of work that we need to do as well to shift the underlying beliefs so that we can make changes to our you know, it's like, oh, make a schedule change. Sure, it sounds great, but are you going to actually do it? No, not mm-hmm. until you actually shift the belief that says, you know, my time isn't worth it, or I, I have to like give these people so much, or or they're they're going to leave or something, right? This kind of this a scarcity fear or whatever it is, right? Yeah, many different forms. So, well, it's it's funny because a couple of these concepts, like they sound so easy to talk about, right? Even this idea of like, well, we're in charge of the business that we create. Like, obviously, we can create it and map it how we want to. And yet I feel like it's so easy for people to end up creating a business that actually doesn't feel that way. And the business runs them. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, and I think it it gets back to this process of layering on, like just doing one more thing or adding one more thing or making one more decision without really questioning everything that we're doing. And I think Mm -hmm. when we get to the point of really like, asking a lot of questions around like any change that we make or anything that we just think, oh, I'll layer this on or I'll add this to my schedule, like really evaluating big picture strategy of does this work, right? And I know you've got like, I'm sure you've got a whole series, your, your, you know, seven most common energy leaks in our businesses how, you know, I'm sure there's a variety of lenses that we can put on to look at how these things happen. Do you want to walk us through that list? Sure. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I'll, I'll do this on the brief side because I can, you know, I have some videos on my, actually on my Instagram page where people can, if you want to like learn way more about each of these leaks. So I'm going to, okay. I'll try to keep it on the brief side, but. No, and absolutely. And, and I'll just interject real quick that if you're following, if you're, if you're still listening to this conversation, be sure to hop over to the show notes, which can be found at legalwebsitewarrior.com forward slash podcast. And we will put all of Julie's links, including her social media links to the videos and then anything else that you want us to post there, Julie. Awesome. Yeah. So the the context for this is that I find that people are, again, kind of heads down, like moving quickly and not thinking about all these places in their businesses that are actually leaking, slowly leaking and creating and draining, draining time, draining money, draining energy from ourselves so that we get to, we eventually get to that burnout place. Right. Mm. And so the leaks can happen slowly and over time, you're like, oh my God, I feel like crap, this isn't working. This is too hard, right? And so what what we need to do is take that step back and look at the big picture of the whole business and say, okay, what are the different places where I'm leaking and how can I seal up those leaks and become a more aligned, like have a more aligned flow of energy. And in the meta sense, I mean, if you look, if you think about, I'll get to the actual leaks in just a minute, but if you think about a pipe, you know, that has like little actual leaks in it, right? Yeah. <laughs> And then you think about closing up the leaks and you can imagine how the water flows through the pipe at a very like nice flow. Whereas before it was kind of dribbling out or spurting out or whatever, right? Depending on how big the leak is. (laughs) And so it's the same. It's like, that's our energy, right? And so when we seal up the leaks, we get this like aligned flow of energy through our bodies that that Mm. we can use to fuel our, our dreams and our visions and our goals. And so these different leaks that I'll share help will help you seal up and create that that more aligned flow, which is really what what I call natural productivity, yeah. right? Because in our society, it's like this hamster wheel productivity. It's like more, more, add more things, do more, do more, do more, all the layers you were talking about, right? Mm-hmm. And that is this kind of robot productivity where we, we don't honor the ebb in the natural cycle, right? And the natural cycle has active phase and resting phase, day and night, summer, winter, right? It's just like that. But this productivity that our society promotes is like the more, 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 never stop productivity. The kind of productivity I'm talking about is what comes when you are aligned and the leaks are sealed up and there is energy flowing through you to do your work, right? And I'm sure you've probably felt that, you know, when you're really on purpose and aligned and things are going, it's like you have this natural energy, right? Yep. Yeah. So that's what we're going for. So the first leak actually is is primary in a lot of ways because this, the first leak is, is, it's kind of like your purpose leak. And this is where, this is a big piece of what I do with clients is we look at the business model itself. It's like, are you doing the work that you're really meant to be doing, right? Are you, are you using your gifts in the way that you're meant to be using them? Or are you doing work you don't really like, or are you working with clients you don't really like, or are you offering too many different things, right? Is your business model kind of, oh, I have this and this, but it doesn't all connect and you, and some things are working and some things aren't, but you're putting a ton of energy in and you're trying to market 10 things and it's exhausting, right? So there's a, yes. And if your heart's not in it, if you're not really like being able to work from your purpose, I would say it's even more exhausting. Oh yeah. Exactly. I mean, that, that's why it's the first leak that I talk about it. Because if you're, yes. if you're misaligned in your purpose, you're not going to be excited about your work. And guess what? Growing a business is hard work. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying we, I don't, I don't ever want people to think like, oh, we can make it easy. It's not easy <laughs> to run a business. It's yeah. not. 
but there are things we can do to make it more easeful, right? And yes. you are going to have to work hard, but you need to have the resting, the ebb in order to fuel the flow, right? So we have to have this kind of balance in our lives. We can't just keep doing, going, going. So, right. So the purpose piece is, is so important, but people will say, you know, I can't do that because, you know, if I stop seeing these clients, they're, the money's going to stop, right? There's all these reasons we give, you know, some of them have some legitimacy for sure, but there are ways that we can recraft our businesses so that we are serving the people that we're meant to serve, doing the work we're meant to do. And we're, or we create a business model that actually supports our vision for our life instead of sucking it dry. Yes. Yes. So, so many leaks to close up there. A little, a simple one for people to do is, is letting go of a problem client, right? Mm. Yes. Redesign your whole business model. That's going to take some time. You know, that's work that I do with clients over the long term. But like, if you're listening right now and you're like, what can I do here? It's just think about one offer that you have that's just not resonating for you anymore or one yeah one client that's like and Mm -hmm. let it go yes let it go yeah and even getting even backtracking to the point of like what are the pathways into your business that are allowing certain of those clients right so if you just have an open calendaring system and you're getting people onto your calendar that are just not ready to commit maybe you add a questionnaire you do something to qualify them right Yes. I love that. Yes. I love filtering, that. Exactly. Clarifying who the person is and then filtering out so that only the right people are getting in the people that are serious about working with you and the people that you know are going to be a great fit. Yes. Yes. hundred percent. And then marketing falls into this category too. A lot of people are doing kind of like, you know, spaghetti at the wall marketing. <laughs> and what we want to do is create a more organized, I call them marketing machines, which is so yeah. not earthy, but that's because <laughs> some things need to be mechanized. You know? Well, right. I, the point there, and I totally get what you're saying is it, it's doing the work without you having to do all the work, right? Yeah, exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So that's a big one. That's the current, the purpose or the focus leak. And then this, the second one is around time and calendar. And, you know, briefly, this one is one where we, we try like to do something and it get, we get foiled because we just let, let the, let the other thing creep back in. Yes. And sometimes it takes a lot of practice and a lot of underlying shifting to, to really create a new kind of way of working. But I'll give you a really quick example of a client who she has a young daughter and maybe like five or six. And she was her mornings were super busy trying to get her, this is like pre-pandemic, trying to get her kid off to school, eat breakfast, all the things, right. And get to clients, start clients at nine. Right. And she mm-hmm. was a, an ecotherapist and this might sound silly, but like, honestly, she did one small shift in her schedule. She started her clients at 10 instead of nine. Yeah. And like, it was a game changer for her. Yes. <laughs> oh, I have an extra morning hour in the morning to be with my daughter and have a nice breakfast with her and get her off to school and not be like rushing to my first line, right? These little things, right? Yes. And and so, and she actually ended up raising her rates too, because it allowed her to actually just ditch that client to, you know, to like not add it in somewhere else. I mean, you could just add it somewhere else, but you could also say, Hey, what would it take? This is the third leak is, is not having the right pricing. Right. And so she decided to raise her rates a little bit so that she could, you know, just have one less client per day. Right. So those are some smaller, simpler shifts. Yes. Well, and I love those. And sometimes it takes somebody else asking us that question (laughs) before we actually will ask it of ourselves. Right. And it's just challenging because when you're in it and working the best way that you know how, sometimes we simply aren't able to spot these things about our own businesses. Of course. Right. And if you worked a nine to five before, maybe you still think you need to work a nine to five. 
Right. 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 It's just these things that we just integrate and we don't even realize that that's why it's awesome to have coaching and community because it's like, yes. oh, hey, you're doing that thing. You don't need to do that. Or you could do it different, you know? Oh, oh my God. I love it's that. Thing, right. Yeah. So, yeah. And I mean, I'm also big on, you know, creating what I call a self-care first schedule. So really putting in what you need to feel like on a daily, weekly, monthly, annual basis, mm. what do you need to feel whole and healthy? And of course you do your best to do it every day or whatever the practice is and you're not perfect and we're not perfect and that's fine, but you're, you're orienting your schedule so that you're putting the, the personal stuff, the self-care, the family stuff, the, whatever's the most important goes in there mm. first. And like, for me, that's, that's my health. I have a yes. chronic illness. It's my health. It's my family. And then my business, yes. you know, and that's oh. just, that's how it's gotta be. Well, I'm so glad you raised this. I mean, I can say from a personal standpoint, like I have not done that well, like self-care first, like what? You know what I mean? It's kind of like self-care is the thing that really ends up last on my schedule. It shouldn't, but it does. And I think a lot of people can relate to that. Do you mind pausing on this, this topic for a moment and telling us a little bit about your own journey in regards to you know, self-care and, and doing this with a chronic illness and being mom. I know you're mom of a little person as well. Like there's so much there. Yeah, there's so much. And I have certainly gotten better with it over time Mm. and it's not, it's a work in progress always. Yeah. And this pandemic and this crazy year has definitely thrown a wrench in things. Right. And so You know, for me, what this looks like, again, you know, I try to, my practice is take a long weekend and really unplug fully and be with my daughter Mm -hmm. and at least three days, like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, some weeks I, I take Mondays. And so it just depends on, you know, what's going on, but, and then I, I tend to, you know, kind of go for it during the week, you know, like Monday through Thursday, I'm like, okay, 10 to five, I'm going for it. I have to say, I think having a kid makes it easier in some ways to just have the boundary. I have better boundaries now that I'm a mom than before. Mm. Um, like I stop, you know, I, I stop at five and, and I'm with her, you know, and so that's, that's helpful. I will say yeah. that. Um, what would you say to people who are struggling with setting that boundary, right? There's so many people right now that are working at home. I mean, like my experience, you know, two children, one of them who has to kind of quasi be plugged into school. Sometimes that happens. Sometimes that doesn't yeah. really happen. Yeah. A three-year-old and working on top of it, no child care, right? So there's, yeah. there's going to be folks that are just like asking, like, yeah. how do I set boundaries right now? Absolutely. How do I allow myself to be done at five and actually have any semblance of a normal yeah. life? Oh my gosh. There's yeah, totally. Well, there's so many layers to it. So the first one is, and is we spoke about this before, Heather is, is recalibrating expectations. Yes. Right. Especially now always because, because yep. the high achiever, hard worker types, like we have really freaking high expectations of ourselves yes. and what we're going to get done. And then our society tells us you're going to get this much done. And this is what success looks like and yada, yada, yada. So first of all, it's recalibrating what's actually possible and, and, and trying to detach the ego part of it of, you know, what I think I need to create from like, what do I really need to create? What's really most important for me in my life yeah. and then setting goals that are inspiring and get you excited to do the thing, but aren't going, that are still doable, Mm -hmm. that are still reasonable. And again, especially now. So first of all, it's just like, be easy on yourselves, people like this is intense. This is hard times that we're going through. This is so not 
normal or easy. And so it's just being easy on ourselves and letting go of some things. There's a way that I think we can get really, this is an opportunity to get really precise in what we are doing and not doing in our businesses and say, you know, this one marketing strategy is working well for me. I'm just going to do this, right? And forget the other stuff. This is like an old trick, but I learned it like a million years ago, the five D's, people probably heard of it, but it's like ditch, delay, delegate, downsize or do. Right. And I go through my to-do list constantly. I'm like, do I really need to do this now? Yes. Do I really need to do this so big? Could I do a little version of this? (laughs) You know, (laughs) and I'm constantly triaging my to-do list with this in mind. Right. And so it's like, that's a, that's like a nice little hint, right? We can sometimes, oh, I don't even really need to do this. Screw it. You know, is this deadline self-imposed? Like, does anybody else care if I get it done by next week? No, fine. Do it in two weeks. Do it next month, right? So part of it is just being easy on ourselves and, and shifting our expectations and, and ditching, delaying, downsizing, whatever you need to do. Yeah. Oh, I so love that. That's well, a big piece of it. Yes. The other thing that I love, going even back to this concept of scheduling in self-care, like it just, it struck me because right now, like my days mush together. I'm sure there's other people who, you know, maybe listening yeah. go, oh my gosh. Yes. Like there are literally some days where I'm like, what is it? Tuesday or Saturday? I can't tell the difference between these days. <laughs> yeah, totally. Right. But I think because one of the shifts that I need to make is literally scheduling my downtime. I haven't done uh-huh. it because the weekend's became my overflow time, right? But the problem now is I think that if I were to schedule my downtime, I'd have an easier time really mustering what it takes to stay focused during the the week or the hours that I set during the week to get the work done. And so that's something that I'm like, huh, I wonder if things would shift for me if I just scheduled the downtime and really stuck to those boundaries so that my work time I could really say, okay, Heather, this is it. This is all you've got. You better focus because I'm finding that my focus has really lagged. A hundred percent. And this is this shift, this, that the ebb has to fuel the flow. Like we have to rest and that's going to fuel the action. And there's a trust. There's a bit of trust that has to happen first to say, I'm just going to carve it out. And I'm going to not do the thing that I was going to do this weekend. I'm just going to carve it out to not work. Right. And there's a little bit of a leap of faith there initially, but I would be really curious and maybe we can check back in. Like, what does it look (laughs) like? You know, if you, and for people listening, what does it look like to just have the full weekend to have the full unplug? And if you have kids, I just heard this woman saying, she's not a business. It wasn't even a business thing. It was a woman named Christina Rasmussen who was talking about parents and having spaciousness to oneself. And you, it, it's, it's hard for me to have like time totally alone, but yeah. if, if I'm with my daughter on the weekend and we are alone for a couple hours and I don't have an agenda, I can be really present with her, yes. you know, and that can still be really nourishing and parenting is easier when you're present with your kids anyways. Yes. So you can still have downtime it's a little different. I know she's two and a half, but like it's, you can still get that feeling of presence and focus on something joyful as a, even as a parent too. So yeah. I don't think that's, I think we can do that with our kids too. And so that's, I think just taking the leap and doing it and trusting that mm-hmm. the end needs to fuel the flow is a big, is a big piece of this also for sure. Mm, I love that. I love that. There, I feel like there's so many ways that, we all can be evaluating right now, like 
what we're doing or our boundaries clear because even though things have gotten squishier, like there's so much overlap, I feel like the thing that saves us is boundaries. <laughs> yeah. Right. And it's really challenging to have those. So it's like you have to double up on the boundaries to be able to be able to enjoy yourself when you're doing whatever it is that you're doing. Yeah. So Julie, for folks that are listening and want to connect with you, where do you like to show up online? I have a fairly new Instagram account and I'm Julie C. Wolk on Instagram. So you can find me there for sure. You can join my email list on my website, juliewolkcoaching.com. And I also wanted to share with people that I mentioned retreats. I'm hosting one in January and it's called the Replenish Retreat. It's an annual retreat. This year it is, I'm calling it virtual-ish. <laughs> it's certainly not live at the retreat center I usually do it at, but this is for women entrepreneurs who need uprake, rake, right? Yeah. And our goal is to slow down, streamline, and strategize for more time and money and energy in your business and your life. Mm. Um, and we're going to do that while getting outside into nature for quiet reflection and listening to Mother Earth. We're going to move our bodies. We're going to do some art and you're going to get to like connect deeply with amazing women. I've been doing these virtually actually, and they've been awesome. And we are not on zoom for like three days straight. That's not how it is. I even encourage people to rent an Airbnb or a hotel room if they can get away. Yeah. And so, and for people who are listening to this, I, we have a special code for your listeners at a hundred dollars off of that retreat. So and it's Heather P. So yep. if you go to my website, juliewoltcoaching.com and find the retreat. It's easy to find and you can sign up for it and you can get a hundred dollars off as well. It's oh, that's amazing. And just so folks who know that are listening, because we have to disclose it, that is an affiliate, that is an affiliate code, but it saves you money. So that's awesome. And Julie, so generous of you. I know that so many women, oh my gosh, I, you know, actually the thing that caused me to launch my little leap lab experiment was being in circles of women where yeah. women were just reaching burnout repeatedly, mm-hmm. you know, and I know you and I were talking even, I think it was before we went live, but I can't remember now about, you know, September, a million women leaving the workforce, yeah. you know, in September alone. And yeah. So this issue of burnout is huge. So if you're a woman and you're listening, I highly recommend you check out Julie's work. I just love the way that you approach your coaching, Julie, you know, tie in these concepts of nature and natural rhythms. It's, oh, it's, you know, I feel like it is a constant journey for myself to remember these things and to not push myself so hard. So I know that others out there need to hear this as well. And we will share, I know you're also working on a quiz, which we will share that link. If you get that live, we're happy yes, to share that. It was supposed sh- to be ready today, but you know how things go sometimes. You it know, doesn't happen this is time, a no so. stress zone. This is just a no stress yeah. zone. I just wanted to mention it because people love quizzes and that will be available yeah. in the show notes as well. So if you're listening, be sure yeah. to check that out at legal website warrior dot com forward slash podcast. Julie, I've so enjoyed connecting with you again. Any final thoughts for our listeners? You've, I mean, you've covered a lot of ground and there, there've been some amazing insights shared. Any final words that you'd like to leave us with? I would love if everybody who is listening would make a tiny commitment to spending just a little bit of time in nature Mm. today or tomorrow. And even if it's like, Heather, just putting your feet on the earth bare feet for five Mm -hmm. minutes, 
And even if it's, maybe you don't want to do barefoot in the snow, but even if it's cold out going outside and, and not, not even going on a big like run or exercise or just, just being present with the natural world for, for Mm -hmm. five minutes, 10 minutes, however long you have. And just because it's these little tiny commitments that get us going, right? Just, just try one five minute, 10 minute little experience in nature. Just feel your senses, slow down, feel your senses, take some deep breaths, feel the earth under you. Mm, I love it. Will and I, especially in the pandemic, you know, we've been much more caged in, if you will, like I've got two busy little people in this household. Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting, but these little moments, if you can grab them, if you can create them, it's like the other night, I noticed that the clouds had shifted and the sky cleared and I looked outside the window and it was bedtime, like it was kiddos bedtime you know, one of them was getting ready. The other one was not quite ready, but I just grabbed my husband. I was like, come outside, put your jacket on. And we just went and stood outside and looked at the stars for five minutes because we could see them. The sky had cleared and like, it really is. They, I mean, those small moments are really helping me get through. I will just say that as a final point. And busy people, smart, small moments. It's all about the small moments. Yes. And I think moms. that's right. Sometimes we don't do this stuff because we think like, oh, I don't really have an hour to do it right. Or I can't go get a full walk in or I can't do, you know, whatever the big thing is in your mind. And I think that like right now, more than ever, putting the bar really, really low and saying, okay, what can I do for three minutes, five minutes? Like that might be doable. Totally. Everybody can do three minutes, right? That's right. That's right. (laughs) Oh, well, thank you so much, Julie. Again, I'm so grateful for you and for bringing this conversation on to the Guts and Guts Grit and Great Business podcast. If you're listening, please pop over to Apple Podcast or wherever you listen to your podcast and give us a rating, give us five stars. We'd love to have your support in sharing this with others who might be interested in the same types of conversations that help entrepreneurs build thriving, sustainable businesses. Julie, thank you. And we will talk again very soon. Yes. Thank you so much, Heather. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us today on the Guts, Grit, and Great Business Podcast. We hope that we've added a little fuel to your tank, some coffee to your cup, and pep in your step to keep you moving forward in your own great adventures. For key takeaways, links to any resources mentioned in today's show and more, see the show notes, which can be found at legalwebsitewarrior.com slash podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast, and if you enjoyed today's conversation, please give us some stars and a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast so others will find us too. Keep up the great work you are doing in the world, and we'll see you next week.